0: Log Talk Radio. Oh, Mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my We will not go home. gently. Uh, we will unleash hell here in December.
1: Oh, Mama. Brian, you're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I'd
0: like hey, to play football. i
1: coming down from the gallows, and I don't have very long. Woo! Woo!
0: And welcome to the Steelers Six-Pack of Fact or Fiction. It's a two-game winning streak for our Pittsburgh Steelers, and I am feeling good. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Along with me, as always, is my good pal. His name is Zach Barnes. Zach,
1: how are you doing this evening? Brian, I'm doing really well. But, you know, before the break, we got cut off here because the show was starting uh, you were telling me you were eating. It's been a long day for you, though, Brian. I've I've had a long day too, man. What's been going on? Well, you know, it's just uh,
0: this and that—the uh, trials of uh, juggling uh, juggling family, juggling work, crazy stuff at work. You know, the same thing all of Staley Nation goes through at times. It's just uh, just a busy day. How about you, my friend?
1: Well, I'm doing well. I, I woke up this morning. Um, and I, I had a physical done, uh, which is which is not a very pleasant experience. It's never fun for me to go to the doctors. Um, I don't know why, but I don't enjoy it. But I'll tell you this: it's for good purpose. for a merry semester. Guy, that's the
0: best time of my week.
1: <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you this: I I definitely get that down there, but it's probably you know not from the right people. Let's just put it that way. But. I, I got this physical done, Brian. I'm really excited about this. I'm going scuba diving in the Mediterranean as part of my study abroad next semester. Pretty, pretty cool stuff, huh?
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: Wow. That is fantastic. Uh,
0: my plans are possibly going to Golden Corral with the family for a weekend. <laughs> uh, so I think I got you beat, but uh, no, that's great. I'm glad you have a chance to try something like that.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. All I'm missing is the, uh, the little nuance here that's going to tie this together uh, to our beloved boys in black and gold. I don't really have one right now. <laughs> you just
0: wanted to talk about that, which what you're trying to say, Zach, is the fact when the Steelers are getting ready to go to Houston to play in Super Bowl 51, you are going to be overseas just hoping to watch that game around 3 in the morning.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, and if that happens, Brian, I will most definitely be up no matter what time of the day it is, and, and I hope my, uh, my American roommates will join me in that as well. But uh, let, let's get down to business here, Brian. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on last week's game.
0: Well, you know what? Before we do that, let's pay some bills and explain the show. You know, Steelers' six-pack of Factor Fiction, if you are not familiar with it, Hopefully you are, but if this is your first time, this is where Zach and I take bold statements surrounding the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to label them as fact or fiction. Sometimes we get into a verbal rumble that's really fun. We duke it out right here on uh, Blog Radio. So at that point, you could join in too, just by calling three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one. But we are going to wait until the end of the six pack of questions to go ahead and get your call. So please be patient and bear with us and make sure you call in. And once again, the six-pack of Factor Fiction is brought to you by Behind the Steel Curtain and also Frank Walker Law. Now Frank Walker is a, is a top 100-ranked trial attorney. It's Frank Walker. For his Pennsylvania office, call 412-212-3878. Or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304 712 2089. You should also check out his website, frankwalkerlaw.com to see how he can help you in your time of need. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. So, Zach has already turned his head and cough today, so he's just going to cough out some facts or fictions with us, too. So, that's what we're going to do now. We are. But first, Zach, what did you think of the game? Oh, my
1: goodness. Well, I asked first here, Brian, Brian, but I was definitely enjoying some turkey um, and sitting down and enjoying the the little thrashing uh, that was put down on, I don't even want to say the Indianapolis Colts. I just want to say Scott Tolson uh, because the Steelers played this guy uh, for exactly who he was, which is a backup quarterback in the National Football League. And I'm really glad uh, that the Steelers were able to cement that. But don't think that this is too convincing just yet, folks. And, and I know we got uh, a fact or, or, or a fiction, depending on which way you want to take it out here, but we're going to be talking a little bit about Tolson and his ability. Uh, but I will say this, Brian. I think that the Steelers performed as they should – in that game, um, I definitely would have liked to see a little bit more on the scoring end. I thought that, you know, 28 points is good, but, but this team on that Indianapolis defense can put up 35 uh, to 40 easily. Um, I'm also happy because I, I happen to be in the, uh, the giving spirit a little bit or the not giving spirit, maybe the morally bankrupt spirit here, Brian, um, and decided to throw <laughs> a little money down on our Steelers uh, for covering that spread, which they did indeed. So I guess, hey, the win was good enough for me, but I still think that they can do more going forward. Um, I just want to say one last little quick tidbit, and I know we're talking about him later in the six-pack as well, but my God, uh, Javon Hargrave looks like a cemented piece of this defense. He looks fantastic. He's absolutely fantastic. Okay, Zach. and. and, Zach. Honest. and
0: I am really glad you're excited about Hargrave, and I'm really glad you're excited about the game, but you've just tackled number one and number two of the 6 pack. so let's go into it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm veering too far ahead. All right, so let's, let's veer off of Hargrave for two seconds, and, and let's go back uh, to that offense, and, and then I will wrap it up, By promise. Listen, Antonio Brown is the exact sort of electric threat that he needs to be out there on the field. And and I want to highlight, I guess if I'm not going to be able to ha- highlight Hargrave, I can highlight him breaking some ankles out there. I mean, he, he made Vontae Davis look absolutely stupid on quite a few plays, and I was very happy to see uh, the league's number one wide receiver in his full effect, Brian.
0: And that's, a, uh, that's one of the top corners in the, the game of football, too, in Vontae Davis. So uh, that is something to, very, to really like. About that game, and Antonio Brown continues to do it week after week after week. It seems like uh, if you look at last year when they played the Denver Broncos in that no fly, no fly zone defense, uh, Chris Harris, Junior or Senior uh, everybody's a Senior or Junior or the third these days. I don't even know anymore, Zach. But uh, Chris Harris, just uh, he made him look silly, and that guy didn't give up a touchdown all year until he met up with Antonio Brown. So uh, that's something, so many positives, and we will get to that in the six-pack of fact or fiction. But let's talk about the Steelers as a whole. So number one in the six-pack, beating a woeful Browns and a severely depleted Colts team, well, positive, and we're excited about it, merely
1: masks continued problems for this team. So factor fiction? I'm going to say a very loose fact here, Brian, and I'll say this, because I think when – When we start looking further down this season, and and I'm not necessarily scared of the Giants upcoming, but I am very petrified of a team like Baltimore or, you know, even a team like Cincinnati, woeful as they look right now, looking to exploit the team uh, down the line. And I think there's one team in particular on this schedule that I'm scared of, and it's the Buffalo Bills, because Tyrod Taylor will open up those holes in that defense for you. And their defense, you have to remember, Rex Ryan does know a thing or two about his defense. So, yes, they need to address the minor problem. Uh, I think it's coming in form of the secondary. We've seen that for sure. Also, just some discipline issues that we've been talking about for several weeks here on the show, uh, stopping those careless penalties, uh, whether it's guys on the defensive end like Ross Cockrell, Ryan Shazier, um, all the way to the offensive end of, of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell celebrating. Uh, After their touchdowns, this team needs to be a lot closer with uh, or paying a lot more attention to detail uh, when it comes down to it. But I don't think that those problems are really going to inhibit this team from at least taking I want to and don't quote me on this, but I think that three or four games is definitely possible out of these next five.
0: You know, this is a tough one for me. I'm really not sure where to go. It's almost uh, six on one hand, half dozen on the other. It could be fact. It could be fiction. I'm going to say a very loose fact, just like you did. And here's the thing. We should be excited about the two-game winning streak. But, however, I know a lot of people are saying, you can't say, well, they beat a bad Colts team. But they did not face Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck can do some things to you that Scott Tolzien could not and Cleveland is just horrendous right now. They, if they win a game this year, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. But here's the good part about that. The Pittsburgh Steelers of this season and seasons past have not won, won games that they were supposed to win. And for the last two games, they won games they were supposed to win. So is everything fixed in Pittsburgh? I want to say no, but it's on the men and it's, it looks like they're trying very hard to fix everything. This game was a very important game, Zach, and the reason it was important, and we talked about it last week and two weeks ago, if you lose to Cleveland or you lose to Indianapolis, you're pretty much packing it in. So this team defiantly shouted out, we are not done. There is a lot of football left in us, and we are looking to towards playing in the postseason, and we are going to earn our ticket to that game and the next game and the next game. So what I want this team to do is think about 2005 when Bill Cowher said to a team after a three-game losing streak, we don't have four games left in the season. We'd have eight one-game series left. So that's basically what they did. One game at a time, is what this team needs to do. So, I mean, I I can see what you're saying about uh, teams that that are dangerous down the road, but the only team on the schedule right now is the New York Giants. The Steelers of the past would look ahead to different teams. The New York Giants are a very good ball club, and we've seen a lot lot out of them. Odell Beckham is just amazing. But they do not have a very good running game, and uh, their defense is decent. But what happens when the Pittsburgh Steelers play a good defense at home or a good team in general at home? They step up. So they stop stepping down to lower-rated teams, and now they need to continue to step up. So if they bring their A game and bring the A game planning, which they obviously took to Indianapolis. It was a very good game planning job against the Colts. So if they do that, going forward, they're going to continue to win these one-game series that are very important. Down the road, there are five games, but like I said, only one at a time. You could afford to lose one game in the next five. You don't want to, but you can afford to. But you don't want to do it early, and you don't want to do it this week. So I'm going to continue to say one game at a time, Zach.
1: One game at a time. Brian, Mike. My biggest thing, and, and, you know, you touched upon this. You said that the Colts aren't a bad team, and, and I disagree with that. And I, I read a comment the other day, totally forget where, where this came from, but thought it was one of, the most, one of the most insightful things that I've read about the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts, I forget who said this, but they are um, a terribly run franchise that is completely masked by Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. So some good luck being able to get both of those guys. And I'll tell you, I think it rings true. And, and I'll tell you that this team is on that level of bad when we talk about those bottom ten teams uh, with the Cleveland Browns and whatnot. The Giants are a whole different story. You're right about that, that this is a team that's got numerous offensive weapons. The defense has to be playing extremely well in their defensive line, uh, even with Jason Pierre-Paul um, you know, has just been outstanding this year. And I'm looking forward to see what the Steelers do for this, but they can't rest on their laurels whatsoever.
2: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
0: Now, um, you said that you didn't think that the Colts were a good team at all. I mean, I, I I'm thought, not following you. What were you saying?
1: I'm just saying from the perspective of they're a bad run franchise.
0: I think that, oh, they, that they, they are they, terribly they, run franchise.
1: Yeah, but their their talent Her that Her Her they, day they have does accumulated. Not equal now, of course, and and the talent that they've accumulated over the years, uh, you know, with defensive guys. I mean, whether we're looking back, you know, as far as Bob Sanders and Dwight Fringey in the very beginning of when that Colts dynasty really started to mesh, um, you know, they have just not been able to get it done. And it showed when, you know, when Peyton Manning had his neck surgery and was gone for the Colts, Curtis Painter led them to three wins. And, you know, and, and, and this is a team that has not gotten better ever since. And then the team that Pittsburgh plays right before them is the winless Cleveland Browns. So this is a whole new animal when you're walking into New York.
0: Okay, let me ask you a question, though, and I uh, originally did not want to get into the ifs and buts and candy and nuts game, but if Andrew Luck plays in that game, do the Steelers win that game?
1: I think so. I think it's closer, though. I'll tell you this. I think that it's a 28-24 game. Steelers don't cover that spread. I lose money. But uh, I'll tell you this. I, I don't foresee it being the same way. I mean, there was one guy, you know, and somebody for the Colts who's been so electric for me. And obviously we, we are here, BTSC. We are not exactly the Indianapolis Colts radio, but, but Dante Moncrief has been a, an extremely electric player this year and and T Y Hilton caught three balls the whole game. And, And we saw Moncrief, you know, get a couple of catches, but, but nothing where he was really that, that threat that he has proven himself to be. And obviously he had the lone touchdown as well. Um, but I, I am just of the belief, you know, Tolson does not play a bad game, but take a look at his rating. He, he's still a sub-70 guy there. It's not anything good.
0: Okay, well, you know what? I, I think any team that suits up, even the Cleveland Browns, are a threat. But this goes back to the original fact, the fact that not everything is fixed yet, but they're working towards it. So I guess that's what we're going to agree, agree on in this one, Zach. So let's go on to number two. Javon Hargrave, who you have already foreshadowed, has not cemented himself on the defensive line as of yet. Is that fact or fiction?
1: So-, so this is going to surprise everyone, seeing as I just praised him so heavily. I'm going to say fact because we're only – 11 games into this season, he can fall off tremendously, and we could have a very, very different sort of belief and outcome. Um, but I think right now, if Hargrave keeps playing the way that he does, 100%. He solidified himself as the starter for next year if he can keep doing that. Um, really electric in that game against Indianapolis. I love the pressure that he was not only just putting on Tolson, but putting on the offensive line when Frank Gore was getting the ball. I mean, this defense held Frank Gore to two yards a carry. You know, 15 carries for 30 yards. That, that's all Gore has to brag about. And, and meanwhile, you know, Hargrave is out there. He, he had a great sack on Tolson, which was great. He had two and a half tackles for the loss, which, which led the team, by the way. We should all be talking about. Got to Tolson more than a couple of times um, and ended his day with five total tackles. And, you know, I think that is just really promising things, uh, especially from a guy who plays the nose tackle position. I mean, he's gotten some help along the sides. You know, we're talking about, you know, rushes coming in from guys like Anthony Ciccolo and and James Harrison and and Bud Dupree laid down some big-time hits as well, uh, even though he did not have many tackles in the game. I will say this, though. If Hargrave keeps playing the way he is, he is without a doubt, than the two rookie defensive players who were taken before him, Sean Davis and Artie Burns this year.
0: Well, you know what? That's a great problem to have. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you and say fact. I think he's cemented himself. I think this game, I mean, he had been coming on and coming on. And uh, after some weeks of anonymity, but now this is the game that has cemented him in the lineup, and I don't think he is coming out. It is just in the same manner that uh, Sean Davis is the guy at safety right now, and Artie Burns isn't coming out of the starting lineup at corner. So those guys are cemented right now. The original plan for both Davis and Golden, and the original plan for Hargrave and Daniel McCullers was to you know rotate those guys out. Um, see how good they were in practice, who had the better practice week. I think that's over now. Um, I'm not for certain what's going to happen, but I think those guys have done enough to earn a seat at the table and continue to play. And having three rookies stand up and play well at this point in the season, you're almost ready to take the rookie tag off them. And, And notice the fact that they are experienced now after going through 12 games. So, I mean, that sounds absolutely crazy, but at this point, you you got to think that they are entrenched as starters, and they are a definite major piece of that defense right now going forward, and it's growing. And here's the good thing about the defense. You mentioned Bud Dupree. He's back. They wanted to work him in slowly. He had 20 snaps. He played in 20 different snaps the other night and he made himself known. So you have that piece of the puzzle back. And the defense, they have climbed out of the 20s in total yardage. You know, they were, they were around 25 or 26 most of this season. They are now at 18 in total yards allowed. On the passing end, you know, that is a woeful pass defense. We've talked about it all year. Just a few weeks ago, they were the 30th-ranked pass defense in the entire National Football League. Now they're up to 22. That's a big jump, Zach, and that means that they are improving. They're giving up less yards as of late, and they are getting more pressure on the quarterback. I think that's a direct correlation, and I think that all goes back to the fact that they have more pressure up front and that starts with Stefan Tuit, also starts with now the rookie nose tackle, Javon Hargrave. So at that point, in fact, he has cemented himself on the defensive line. You are going to be seeing 79 for a long time and definitely the rest of 2016.
1: Well the thing so that, that also helps. rings the most the thing that also rings the most true to me, um, just on his ability to perform this year is, you know, this was a guy that we we've talked about in in shows past how he had a lot to live up to, you know, he had a lot to live up to at this position, especially with Hayward going down um, and great nose tackles in the past, uh, including that of Casey Hampton, who we've seen in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, for a number of years. But I firmly believe that if Hargrave can keep this up, I I think that there's competition for Hayward when he comes back, too. Yeah,
0: you know, I mean, actually, I think it's it's just cementing this defensive line as one of the, um, in the lore of some great defensive lines. I mean, we we definitely know about the Steel Curtain. And even the defensive line of uh, the late 2000s, when you have, When you have Casey Hampton anchoring in the middle, Brett Kiesel's there, Aaron Smith's there. You've you've got some guys there that were playing very good ball. Um, This is becoming one of those defensive lines that if they stay healthy and they stay together, they're going to earn their own name in Steeler lore. So I always do the Mount Rushmore piece, the Steeler Mount Rushmore piece every single week. And I think years from now, if you looked at Steeler Mount Rushmore's of of defensive lines that this, this particular unit is going to end up on that as one of the top four best defensive lines in team history. That is a lot to live up to, but I think it's happening. And I think it's something that they have definitely been gearing towards. I mean, they lost a guy that was actually a very, a very blue collar guy that did very well for that team. And you didn't always appreciate him until he was gone and Steve McClendon. And then there was some worry at the beginning of the year, what have we done? Why do we let McClendon walk? Look how well he's starting off with the New York Jets. But then you see what's happening, and you see the progression, Javon Hargrave, and you feel so much better about that, and you know that this guy has the motor. That's a very fast 300-plus pounder. He is very quick. I could see why he got that many sacks in college. He's not going to do that in the pro level. Nose tackles don't. But he can get to a ball carrier or a quarterback in a hurry, and he is going to be one of those nose tackles that you talk about in years to come. We talk about Casey Hampton. We talk about Joel Steed. Well, you're going to talk about Javon Hargrave in years. With that being said, Zach
1: I certainly think it's a bold claim But hey, sky's the limit for this young man So I, I really hope we can say he's on the realm, Mount Rushmore
0: Yeah, I, I really think so I mean, I think the unit as a whole um, And the reason I'm saying that is because to it, you know what I think of to it. I think he is the guy And I'm a big Cam Hayward fan too so with that being said, you have two dynamic players on the end. Um, you're going to hope that they, uh, they just threw money at Hayward. You're going to hope that they throw money at Tewitt to, to keep him around because he is just a beast. And, you know, you have a guy like Hargrave around for four or five years. If they solidify, they could be one of the best in the league and one of the better in history.
2: Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
0: So we're going to move on, Zach. And you touched on this earlier in the show. Um, Number three, Ben's lack of discipline comments that he had a few weeks back may have been directed at the team stars, Bell and Brown. Is that fact or fiction?
1: I'm going to say a loose fact, and, and I'll tell you why fact from the perspective of it's applicable now because these are the guys who you know have become the voices for this team and it's great i think it's really fantastic to have someone else other than ben roethlisberger on the offensive end be a voice for this team i mean the last guy who i really remember who was in that position um was alan fanica um and to have two other guys come up now and, and really be able to speak to the media and be able to be outspoken to their teammates is great. But unfortunately, this goes by that old adage of lead by example. Um, and they are not necessarily doing that with some of the comments that they're making. And I will say this. I, I do think that his comments about discipline and whatnot were definitely applied to, to Ross Cockrell um, and some of the other careless penalties that they got late in the game. But I think it's now more than ever – Ringing true for Le'Veon and L.B.
0: Well, here's the thing, and we talked about this last week, and we talked about this about a month ago, about the discipline in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Last week we talked about Le'Veon Bell and rap lyrics. And uh, we disagreed on that, but it goes back to the fact that talking about your contract in a rap lyric is not disciplined when you're working on going to the playoffs and trying to win a Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying there, and I'm going to leave it at that. Um, as far as Antonio Brown goes, we talked about his discipline with the celebrations and the 15-yard penalties. We talked about him just giving, handing the ball off to the ref like he did after he got fined a few times, and he just did that. I'd like to see him go back to that. Look, Antonio Brown, your brand is safe. You are building your brand with three touchdowns to a national televised audience on Thanksgiving. That is how you build your brand, and you did it, and you were amazing. That is what the fans want to see. If the fans want to watch you dance, they're going to go on Hulu and watch back episodes of Dancing with the Stars. That's when you do it. I have no problem you doing that in the offseason. That's fine. No problem whatsoever. Don't want to see you dance now. He is back to the dropping the ball after a first down in a talky way. Um, that might seem harmless. And really, to me, it is harmless. When a guy is throwing a 15-yard penalty on that, It cost you. It cost them a touchdown in that game. It cost them because that was a penalty that was unnecessary, and the Colts marched down the field. So with that being said, I'm not the only one noticing this. You know who else noticed it? The captain of that offense, Ben Roethlisberger. And he said today in his radio show, he said, I have warned Antonio Brown about taking those penalties. We cannot afford to give up those yards. Thank you, Ben. We need you to stand up and say that to these guys. We need you to corral them in, and that is why you are becoming the leader that you are becoming. And, look, I love everything about Antonio Brown. I love businesses. I love the cleats. I love that kind of stuff. I love the fact that he is trying to, become a part of the community, but also keep his name out there and become a global star. I have no problem with that. But when you're on the football field, make it strictly business. I know business is booming. That's his catchphrase. Change it to strictly business is booming. That's all you've got to do on that. And now that Ben Roethlisberger is speaking out, these guys are going to have to listen because he has been there. Ben has been that spoiled kid on that team. He had, I mean, you didn't really see it on the football field, but you saw it with some stuff outside the line in the offseason getting into some trouble, um, whether it's the motorcycle, whether it's any of the, uh, the uh, allegations. You know, he grew up from that. And that's what Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell really need to do. And I think those comments by Ben a few weeks back were meant for the defense but also meant for his offense that we need to just make football during that 60 minutes of play strictly football. That's it. And I really think that uh, now that he's on the case that, They will get back to that, and I'm hoping that they do that.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I I mentioned earlier, he is one of the original voices. And it's up to him to make sure that those other new voices stay in check, as you were saying. Um, And and hopefully they do something smart, not stupid. And and I think that's the ultimate segue, because we're at the halfway point here, uh, for a little message from Frank Walker Law, huh?
0: I couldn't have said it better myself. Smart (laughs) or stupid. Those strobing lights in your rear view? That flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh,
1: I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please.
0: Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart
1: move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of frankwalkerlaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805. Or frankwalkerlaw.com.
0: Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Once again, this is the Steelers Six Pack of Factor Fiction. I'm Brian Anthony Davis, along with Zach Parn, And you can join us in this verbal rumble by calling 347-850-8581. We will get to your calls soon. But with that, Zach, we have another three cans that we need to down of this six pack. Are you ready to keep it going,
1: my friend? Let's keep going. I'm ready, Brian.
0: Okay, this is one that's really interesting, and it can go either way. Number four, it is becoming more apparent that James Harrison is going to hang it up after the 2016 season. Is that fact or fiction?
1: You know, I'm going to have to say a strong fiction on this. I think that James will retire when James wants to retire, and I don't necessarily think he's made it his plan to hang up the cleats after this year. Listen, you look at him out there on the field and you still wonder, you know, how old he actually is because he is just a phenomenal beast out there. He's constantly getting to the quarterback and putting pressure uh, on those offensive linemen so that his younger, uh, more agile companion uh, can get in and potentially make a play as well. I don't think, if you're James Harrison, that this decision needs to be made right away. And I don't think it will be made right away I I think even if you know heaven forbid and and let's hope it doesn't come to this but that the Steelers don't make the playoffs or end up getting bounced in the first round I don't think we're going to hear from James until at least the following summer about what his plans are but I can tell you this I'm sure he'd like to go out on top I'm sure he'd like for them to go out there and really you know fish out a winning season and if it doesn't happen this year I think he's going to stick around for one more
0: you know what, I agree with you 100% um, in everything you said. You're not going to hear an answer from James Harrison right away. So I will agree with you and to say fiction. However, if they do win the Super Bowl, I think at that point he goes out on top and he leaves right there. That is the best situation for, for a guy in his twilight to win, it, win the big game and hang it up on that high note. And I could see him doing that at that point because he came back for a reason. He came back to get another ring. And he sees what they have on this team. He sees that they're close. If they do fall short, well, you could, you could see him coming back. But James is, as mentioned, as great shape as he is, those games hurt even more. And it's not just the games, really. It's getting in shape in the offseason and getting in shape for those games. But if anybody can do it, it's James Harrison. What an amazing physical specimen, but what an amazing work ethic. They talk about it all the time. Do you know he set the sack record last week? Very first guy in the locker room the very next day working out James Harrison. That's who this guy is, and this guy – makes others want to work even harder. So it's just great to have him around and he's leading the team in sacks and he's not really a full-time player, Zach, and he's leading that team in sacks with, with Ken Hayward down. He's back to being the vocal soul of that defense and I don't even really think that he stopped being the vocal soul but he's just the guy on that team. He is a Steeler Hall of Famer. He's a Steeler Ring of Honor type of guy. He is one of the all-time greats at this point. You cannot deny that. Um, But I think his legacy is cemented, but he wants that ring. So James is going to decide when he wants to decide. And I don't think this is the end of the road for James. And I don't even think the Steelers need it to be the end of the road for James. I think – I know he is not a liability. He is at, – even at his age, he is so beneficial to the team that, that they just cannot afford to not have him, and they will welcome him back with open arms if he decides to. But you're right to James Harrison. Oh So, with that being said, Zach, we are going to move on to number five, and we're going to talk about a tough situation here. Carlos Williams' career with the Steelers has virtually ended before it has ever even really begun. Is that fact or fiction? Uh,
1: This one's a fact for me, unfortunately. I I don't see this guy getting into even the relative lineup uh, at all. Um, It doesn't look like that's going to be happening for him, unfortunately. And, and, you know, and I think that this is solidified by the fact that you've got a healthy Le'Veon Bell. And, honestly, Fitz Toussaint, when he takes the ball, does not look half bad. And and I just don't think that there's the spot for him on the roster right now. Uh, You know, maybe if one of those guys goes down, potentially, but with both of them healthy, no way.
0: Well, you know what? I am going to uh, go ahead and say fact. And this really bums me out. It doesn't bum me out for the fact that uh, they're not going to have the use of his talents. Because I think, and Jeff and I talked about this on the uh, Hangover yesterday, we really think that he would have been a fantastic asset down the stretch for this team, Um, being as big and tough and quick as he is. I think he would have been great and really helped them down the road in this season. And I think he was going to get the opportunity, opportunity to do so, but um, the writing was on the wall. They definitely they, they knew this was going to happen, so that's why he was a, a scratch for the Cleveland game. So it's just a shame. The reason I'm upset about this is this is a young guy, man. This is a, this is a 23-year-old kid that, is, that has such a great opportunity that is blowing it and just does not realize that he's blowing it, or if he doesn't realize has so much of a problem that he can't help himself at this point. He came into a perfect situation in Pittsburgh, a stable organization with his brother, a no nonsense brother on the team trying to keep him in line. And something happened that he just couldn't keep it going. Now, did this happen when he was suspended for those four games did this even happen in Pittsburgh we don't even know we we don't really know what happened um when the problem was i mean it it could have been before he arrived in Pittsburgh i mean i'm probably thinking that that it's still going on that's why uh that's why we're in the situation we're in but I'm just going to say this to Carlos Williams. Get your head healthy. Do whatever it takes to fix your life. Don't think about football. Just fix your life. You have so much on this earth that you can accomplish. You have great gifts. Please don't throw them away. Get your head right. Get your body right. And come back and ask for an opportunity. And hopefully you'll get another opportunity. As far as the opportunity, he was actually getting ready to solidify himself as the number two back going forward to 2017. He cost himself a great situation in 2017. So he's going to lose five games this season. And it looks like he's going to lose five games at the beginning of next season. I'm not sure who is going to give him an opportunity with all these strikes against him at this point. So the only opportunity for him is Pittsburgh. And now, I'm I'm no longer in the camp, and I don't want to hear from anybody else saying the Roonies will not put up with that. Because you know what? This is a different day and age of football. I mean, they're going to give Martavis Bryant another chance when he is granted back into the league next year. They're going to give him an opportunity. And if he performs well and keeps his head right, he is going to get another opportunity on this team. Le'Veon Bell has let this team down a few times with suspensions. But he is going, if he continues to do what he is, they are going to talk contract with him. They are going to try to keep him around because it is a business decision if they feel that he is right. I'm afraid Carlos has hurt his chances greatly, but if any team can give him forgiveness, it's a team with his brother on the team, and it's going to take, going to take a lot. But I hope he has not ruined his chance in Pittsburgh, and I, have not, I hope he has not ruined his chance at a career and in life. So I just hope he gets well. So.
1: Yeah. And you know, it, it's that general sort of will thing that you, you root on, you know, pretty much any guy who, who's playing out there in the national football league and especially someone facing the, the adverse circumstances that he is. So. And you know what? I'm not going to judge
0: why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, you know, I've seen addiction firsthand, um, in, uh, with relatives, with, with uh, friends of friends, and I, I've seen what okay. it does. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to judge why he's doing it. I'm just going to just say that he needs to get, find a way to get a handle on it. And that's, that's all I can say. I don't wear his cleats. I don't wear his shoes. I don't know what's going on in his life, but something's going on in his life that's leading to these choices and that he just needs to get help for it. And that's the only judgment that I can give at this point, Zach.
1: Of course. So, so turning to let's numbers. let move on with
0: the six-pack, and let's go to happier things. And this is a, going to be a great debate. So number six, Big Ben, 2004 draft mate, Eli Manning as the first
1: of the two to be enshrined in
0: Canton from that great draft.
1: Fact or fixer? Yeah, this one's interesting, Brian. I'm going to have to fortunately go with fact. Just kidding. Yes, he's going to beat his draft mate this Sunday, and he will beat him as the first to end up in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's a debate that we're going to have to have several years down the line. But I'm a big believer that Ben has the numbers over Eli a little bit, but also just in the memory of you know, both of these guys with two Super Bowl victories, but just the memory of Steeler Nation running so deep here. Now, do I think Eli will be far behind? Not at all. He will probably be on the same ballot uh, or probably the one after, depending on when these guys decide to call it quits. Uh, but I actually will hope that Eli gets in before, because that means Ben's playing a few more years for the Steelers. You know, I, I'm not sure where to go on this one.
0: I've been back and forth. I agree with you on the numbers that uh, Ben will ultimately have better numbers. I'm hoping that Ben has more Super Bowl wins and also a Super Bowl MVP, something that Eli has that Ben does not. So, you know, with that, I'm also going to think the tiebreaker in this situation is going to be character. Ben has done a very good job in the last seven years or so of uh, repairing his character, but uh, Eli has never had a misstep. And I actually think that's going to go a long way with voters. Both of these guys go to the hall of fame. Um, And really, I don't care if it's year one or year 15. Once you get that gold jacket and once you're enshrined, you're a hall of famer. I mean, is Lynn Swan any less of a Hall of Famer than that of Michael Irvin? No. Not, he's not. Lynn, it took him nearly 15 years, right at the end of the line. Same with John Stallworth. And I actually think Heinz Ward, even though he's in the, in the final 25, I think it's going to take him a while to get in, but it doesn't matter. Once you get in, You're in. Nobody talks about the fact that it took Jerome Bettis nearly five years to get into the Hall of Fame. Right now, he's just Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis. So I don't think it matters. But for the sake of the question and the fact, I think Eli Manning will get in before Big Ben. But really, it's not going to matter.
1: Yeah, you know, but both of these guys hopefully – have their jerseys hung up uh, in those Canton rafters. Uh, but only time will tell, right, Brian? You
0: know, and, and I really think that uh, Eli, um, his body of work, really, I never thought he was a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, but when you do what you've done and got a team in position to win two Super Bowls and you're M- MVPs of Super Bowls, I think – I think that's the the thing there that really, really gets him enshrined. I mean, also his character, his name helps, but I think those Super Bowls really is what's going to do it for him at this point. Um, With that being said, Zach, um, so far nobody on the line, but uh, we do appreciate and we do cherish all of your calls. So please, if you do want to get in, please call right now. We'll be able to take you right away. So go ahead and dial us up here at Steeler's Six-Pack of Factor Fiction. But this is a part of the show, Zach, where we just drained the six-pack, but we have a nice nightcap to go with it. And it's that bonus question that has nothing to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's still fun to debate. And it's something we're going to debate, Pittsburgh versus New York, Since that's who the Steelers are playing this weekend, and we've been doing this for the last six or seven weeks, we've talked about uh, Pittsburgh versus Miami sandwiches, Pittsburgh versus Boston divas. We've talked about all kinds of things, the Pirates and the Indians when they were playing Cleveland. So let's go Pittsburgh, New York. And it took me a while to think of a good one here. And the original one was going to be Big Ben and Eli um, for the bonus, and I realize that has everything to do with the Steelers. So let's not go there. So let's go with something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm hoping it's near and dear to your heart, even though you're a whole lot younger than I am. Oh, so yes. Let's go with this. Fact or fiction, Pittsburgh's Fred Rogers was more iconic of a children's public television personality than New York's Gordon from Sesame Street. And I'm going to talk about the longtime Gordon, not the original, but the longtime Gordon from the Bronx, Bill Orman,
1: is that fact or fiction? Straight up, this is a subject that is dear to my heart because I grew up on Mister Rogers. Um, maybe it was my Pittsburgh heritage, but I, I really don't think so. I think it was just because he was truly one of the most generous men to ever live. Uh, he was a very warm and caring character, and and you know, in an age where there are so many of those people that veer into controversy you know that veer into issues with with young children um you know and all that sort of stuff i will say that without a doubt mr rogers or at least to our knowledge has has not partook in any of that and he is really one of those Influential figures in, in children's television. And, and looking back on it, some of the characters in his show, they're, they're pretty scary looking. But he kind of <laughs> calmed you through it. No, and, 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 and I'm Jake dead Friday serious with this.
0: There's the bejesus out of me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. They were very intimidating sometimes, right? But he would talk you through it. He would talk you through each situation, and he would remind you at the end of every single episode I like you just the way you are. And I think that that's something that, that really needs to resonate, especially uh, you know in America nowadays with, with the various conflicts that we're having. We, we need to see that. Listen, was a big Sesame Street fan there, but I wasn't so much a Gordon guy as much as I was an Oscar the Grouch guy because I thought Oscar was hilarious.
0: Oscar was hilarious. Now, here's, here's the thing, Zach. I'm going to go in and agree with you on fact because Pittsburgh's Fred Rogers is one of the most iconic television personalities of all time. I'm not just talking for children. Of all time, people talk about Fred Rogers to this day. He is the all-time greatest as far as I'm concerned. Would you believe in 1975 a four-year-old, Brian Davis, had a Fred Rogers cake? Now, look. Here's the deal. Back then in the 70s, you didn't have the screen-printed cakes that they can do right now. My dad, who was a professional cake decorator at the time, because he had a business, my mom and dad did this, and they, they could take coloring books, they can take anything, and, make, and put that image on a cake with just merely stencil paper and toothpicks and icing. And I had a mural of Mr. Rogers on a cake and I still have the picture with me holding it up. But I also, the, the, the one before, the birthday before, I had one with me holding up a Sesame Street cake, too. Gordon was not on it, but Gordon was a fantastic icon, too, for children's public television. He is not Fred Rogers, and Gordon, who just recently retired from the show, he, Roscoe Orman, is absolutely He was fantastic, too. He was a very calming presence. He just is not as iconic as a guy like Fred Rogers. And Fred Rogers still goes on today. I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a show on, I don't know whether it's Nick, Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or what it is. It's called Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. And Daniel Tiger, a a, uh, character from the original show, it's now his neighborhood. So my daughter heard us talking about Mr. Rogers, and we did a clip. We showed her a clip from the show, and she's like, "Yeah, that's Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. That's not Mr. Rogers." Like, no, you don't understand. That's where it came from. And so he's still reaching the young kids of today, and that's something that uh, something that I cherished, Mr. Rogers, and I still do till this day. And here's an ironic fact. I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown in nineteen ninety three. On the very same day, Mr. Rogers was the, the speaker at the University of Pittsburgh graduation. And we got the provost from the University of Pittsburgh to come speak at our graduation. I'm like, no, I want Fred Rogers. What a rip off. My diploma said the University of Pittsburgh. I want Fred Rogers too. I'm still upset about that, but uh, just a true legend. And in the spirit of the show, an amazing icon. So, definite fact. But Ma- Matt Props goes out to Roscoe Orman and Gordon from New York. But Pittsburgh wins this round, Zach.
1: I couldn't agree more with you here, Brian. But um, we've had quite the episode here. And, and I think that, you know, I'm definitely looking forward this Giants game. I'm eager to see how Ross Cockrell uh, already burns and the rest of the secondary deal with Odell Beckham Jr., because obviously he is a huge threat going forward. What are you looking forward to, Brian? Well, you know, my final fact for the night is the fact that this is
0: going to go down to the final two minutes. This is going to be a nail-biter. I think whoever has the ball last is going to go ahead and win this game. I think the Steelers' receiving core matches up with the uh, Giants receiving core. I think they're actually a push. They're both very good. Two of the most dynamic playmakers in the game are going to be on offense at wide receiver for both teams in this game. But where it's not a push is the running game. The 31st-ranked running game in the National Football League is the New York Giants. Steelers have a much better running game and they have that great threat out of the backfield to catch the ball. I think that's going to be the difference in this game where Pittsburgh has had trouble this year, has been stopping the run, and they haven't been able to do it to dynamic players. They don't have this problem this week. In fact, I liken it to the Indianapolis Colts. I feel that these offenses are somewhat similar as far as that goes. Um, You know, the Giants might be a little more dynamic, but a wide receiver, a T.Y. Hilton matches up very well with a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. They're both very dynamic. But the Steelers were able to shut a guy like T.Y. down. If they could shut down Odell, more power to him. But even if they give up 100 yards and a touchdown to Odell Beckham Jr., he's not going to have the opportunities that he would because the running game is not going to open up opportunities for him. So that's what I think is going to happen. I'm going to go and say wrap it up, Pittsburgh Steelers in a slim one, and that's my fact of the night.
1: Yeah, and my final fact here, Brian, is just going to touch on that game as well, and I'm going to say that the Steelers' secondary does succeed against him. I'm predicting that Odell Beckham Jr. will have less than 100 receiving yards against this team, so let's hope that upholds. Well, very good, Zach. I hope you have an amazing weekend.
0: There, you are in the uh, you are residing in the state of the New
1: York Giants, actually. Um, do they have, are there are a lot of Giants fans up in Syracuse,
0: or are they? Yeah, you fans? know,
1: I, it's more of the Bills fans, but I forgot that those existed. To be completely honest. <laughs> so hey, how far is Buffalo for you? Buffalo is about a two-hour drive westward.
0: Well, then you you need to work on tickets now for the Buffalo game in a few weeks, Zach. Yeah, for real. Well, with that being said, hope you all have a great week. Thanks everybody who, who uh, listened to the show. We expect to hear from you next week. Once again, and remember behind the steel curtain for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, Zach, once again, have a great week, my
1: friend. Thank you very much, Brian. I appreciate it. You do the same and don't forget, we still got to grab our Permanis sandwich here in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. You know,
0: when you come in for Christmas break,
1: I'll, uh, we'll make sure we go
0: to Permanis together. Sounds good. good. Perfect. All right. Once again, the show is brought to you by Frank Walker Law. Real talk, real experience, real results. And behind the still curtains for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs, I'm Brian Anthony Davis for Zach Parnes. Good night, and that's a fact, Jack.
2: Details. my name is spencer hall my name is jason kirk my name is ryan
1: nanny and when we combine we form the, the shutdown, shutdown Fullcast. Fullcast.
2: i keep telling you we're not Poltron the shutdown forecast is technically a college football podcast but it's also a show about lawn care disasters regional grocery stores we love tennessee batman homeowners associations It's not Voltron.